Listener Production. Today on Footy Talk with Nick Rewalt, we discuss the confusion around the dangerous tackle. Rui has his say on the potential Bombers logo change. And he's Daisy Thomas on the money that the Kangaroos could play finals as soon as next year. That's all to come on today's edition of Footy Talk. Uh, You're listening to Footy Talk on this Tuesday, June 20. Of course, you get your daily dose of footy, news, interviews, and analysis from the world of AFL. But more importantly, Tuesday, you get this man. The only place you can hear him is Nick Rewalt. G'day, Rui, over in Houston. Look at you. You look fresh. You look tanned. And I believe you're off to the baseball after this. How's your life going? Ah, Joey. Well, not as well as you. You look like a country road model today in that uh, little knit that you've got going on. but. I'll tell you what, it is hot over here, middle of summer, Texas, and I'm off to the ballpark tonight, Joey, so I'm going to I'm gonna be like a little kid. I'm going to take my glove along, just in the, on it. the off chance that I get a little foul ball out into the crowd. And you know um, what? I know you well enough. You're one of those blokes that would lean over the kids to catch the ball. Like You'd throw the kids out of the way and take it because that is, what, that is you, <laughs> and I know you're laughing because you know that's true. Would you lean over uh, a kid? If there's a foul ball coming and you can catch one of those baseballs, would you shove a kid out the way to get it? Look, when it's your turn to go, you just got to go. <laughs> so I'm going so I'm I'm to throw my glove out there, but I would then hand the ball to the nearest child. Would you? So, yeah, I'd go for the catch. You'd I'd do, go for the glory. you do what we see in those then, memes where you have the second baseball and you pretend to give the baseball yeah, to that's the kid. It. And, keep the and then just one. give the sneaky one to the kid. And I'm sure you're that's just going it. in the outer, aren't you? You'd just be sitting in the outer. Of course, you, no, wouldn't, be wouldn't, boxer, thought, you wouldn't be in a boxer. Wouldn't, anything, have, would you? wouldn't have thought we'll be in the outer tonight. Uh, going with um, James's uh, baseball coach from the Wildcats this year who uh, – has a, uh, a a very very close relative who actually owns the team. Oh, so, uh, listen to you! Seriously, you've changed, mate. You've changed not, from the boys. Not I was like this in Melbourne. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Hanging out with Eric Banner and stuff. Now you're hanging out with owners of major league uh, baseball teams. We'll get yeah. to that story another time because we want to get into the footy. That's why people are listening, and there's always plenty happening, really. And Seems like it, well, not seems like it is the case. Every single week we are talking about the dangerous tackle. The latest was James Sicily last night failing his appeal for his dangerous tackle on Hugh McCluggage. He cops three weeks for the tackle. Andrew Dillon has come out, the uh, the next CEO, and says there is no confusion in the dangerous crackdown. He said, I don't really see there being confusion. At the moment, the penalties or sanctions are in the right spot. But as we do every year at the end of the year, we'll review how the season is going and where we want to go going forward. So that doesn't necessarily mean we'll stay in the same spot. What's your take? Uh, I like deals, uh, but I think any time you have situations where the uh, an umpire can pay a free kick for holding the ball and then we have constant situations where players are being suspended by the MRO and then going up on appeal and getting off. I mean, that that's the very definition of confusion. Within the three layers of, of officiating within the game, umpiring is different to the MRO, is different to the appeals board, and we're getting three separate results uh, repetitively. It's that That's the definition of confusion. So I know some players have come out and said that they're not confused. Ask James Sicily if he's confused. Uh, and I, th- I think where it lies is... It's probably where our initial interpretation was. It was, it was revolving around the, the double action or the or the sling, and it and it's moved a long, long way from there. So, unless it's us that are you know slow to catch up as a, as a footy public, and it, and it's actually moved past that double action and and the pinning of the arms, 
I still think there is there is room for accidents in footy. And when a player's momentum is such that when they are tackled, they're going to go to ground and, and they're going to go to ground with force, we are asking too much of, of the tackler, I, I think. So the confusion exists around that point. I, th- I think James Sicily's example was a good one. Dan Butler's example was a good one. We're not talking about superhuman AFL footballers. We're talking about momentum and gravity, you know, the, law, the laws of gravity that are impossible to overcome. So I'm confused as a fan. Um, maybe I'm wrong, though. Yeah, and there are, have been 23 suspensions so far this year. But I think you're right. I think the people, Rui, that are saying that they, they understand what the rule is. There's one thing to say you understand it. It's a second thing as a player to be able to uh, do something about it in the moment. And I think that's where the confusion lies, that, yes, we yeah. understand what it is. But don't, do you not think, though, that we are trying to find a line? And it is shifting. It is evolving. And this hysteria about what is the line, where it's at, it is going to be a little period where we are going to continue to tinker with it. Is it this side of the line? Yeah. Is it that side of the line? Think about the, the hysteria last year, Rui. This, this time last year, we are all banging on about the, the arms, the, the um, descent rule. And everyone was saying, it's pretty black and white. You don't put your arms out or it's a 50. Yep. And then we're arguing, now, as a player, it's unrealistic to expect the player to not have a natural reaction. And we ended up finding a line that we're all now 12 months on we are hardly even talking about it we're all comfortable yeah. so it's I think it's just another evolution with all the, the th- have you remember the year before that it was the stand on the mark rule and everyone was up in arms about that changing the fabric of the game and how can you expect the player to stand still now two years later it's one of the great rules that's, that's helped the game and yeah. pushing it's the back. a good analogy so, you're right yeah. but but then but but with with this kind of progression and acceptance and understanding that we are trying to change the game for the better and for safety yeah. and for all of those things, don't treat us like idiots. Yeah. Take us with us. Take us with you, and don't tell us there's not confusion because there is. Smart. You know, like the, the the average footy fan is, is is a smart football person, and they know when they're being um, told one thing when when another is occurring. So again, for me, it's. In these situations, what's the alternative for players? And I think at the moment we're we're asking them not to tackle in a lot of these situations, which is not a realistic alternative in a contact sport. And that's the big issue is there's a lot of collateral to come out of finding the line. There are players missing games of football and for James Sisley's case, missing three weeks of football for a tackle that has been deemed to slightly have gone wrong. And that is the frustration. I understand that. That the umpire paid a free kick for holding the ball. That's right. And we are going to get to a point. And and what is your crystal ball of where the AFL, whether they even know where they think they're going to get to, what do you think it'll look like? Because do you think we're going to get to a point where you can tackle, but if you tackle to the ground and take someone to the ground, you're in risk of getting suspended or giving a free kick away? Is that where you think it's heading? Yeah, well, I mean, that's where it's at right now. We, we, we know that's the case. No, I, I, think, I think we'll come back around the other way, and, and I think it'll be, it'll be far easier to adjudicate the, the, the double action. And, you know, I think you can see it. I think you can see it in the tackler. When the tackler dips the shoulder with the, with the driving motion and the arms are pinned, I think you know when you're doing that as a player. But I think these situations where a player's hanging on and then the momentum's spinning him or the momentum's taking him to ground, I think we're able to see that as observers. And the, and the, the more we get a, 
um, a bunch of use cases and, and business cases, if you like, of, of, of examples, almost a catalogue of examples, we'll be able to say, yep, that's two motions, or yep, he's pinned and dipped, or here, no, it was just gravity and it was just force that took him that way. Yeah, and, and that's what's interesting. We're trying to change behaviour, but what is ironic, Rui, in the, the probably the byproduct to this uh, dangerous tackle and getting free kicks now, more importantly, in games is now players that are being tackled are very quick to adjust. And all of a sudden, some of them are going limp and flopping in a tackle to allow them to be taken to the ground. So as you mentioned earlier, you get rewarded with a free kick. And I just want to take a listen to Stewie Jew talking about this exact thing on AFL 360 last night. I've started to see some players not fight the tackle. Um, And I saw one maybe three or four weeks ago nearly knocked themselves out by flopping down to to try and draw a free kick. So we're making it really hard both for the tackler and the umpires at the moment, I think, because players are no longer fighting the tackler as much as as they used to because they know that if they do go to ground and it looks semi-dangerous, they're going to get a free kick. So one unintended consequence of this is players are pretty smart and they'll try and milk free kicks in this way now. And if you if you watch closely, you see some players that are 90, 95 kilos go to ground quite easily. Fascinating, isn't it? Because players adjust very quickly. And now they know that if they just go limp and get taken to the ground and they can make their head just touch the ground without knocking themselves out, they're going to get a free kick. And that's what really players will do anything to get a free kick in a game to help their team win. I reckon we're giving players too much credit. You don't think they're doing that? I think there are players doing that. Well, you know what? If you're prepared to go limp and risk and and, and try to, to manage your head only touching the ground softly and risking the collateral... Of, of your own health for the sake of a free kick, good luck to you. 100% because, it's I mean, happening I'm, though. 100%. I've been oh, watching it really. I've been watching all, all these right. games. And you know why they're doing it? Because they know that most of the time now, most of these tackles, the players aren't driving them. So there's still that motion. But so they know their head's not getting buried into the ground. They now know yep. that all they've got to do is touch their head and they will get a free kick. So it is happening. Even Isaac right. Smith. Well, then if, if we can adjudicate players getting uh, slung to the ground – well, then we should be able to adjudicate players going limp. Collapsing. And then what we should then suspend them to save them from themselves if we're serious about head knock and because this, that's the risk. And this is the big challenge, Rui. This is the confusion because I'm telling you, there are players that fall forward as soon as they feel contact, particularly from behind or going limp. And this is a player, Isaac Smith, saying the exact same thing. The thing I don't want to see, which I think I'm starting to see creep into the game, one, as a player, we understand and we've been told we've got the responsibility to make sure that we don't injure an opposition player's head. But I feel like now players, and as players do, are starting to find little tricks and nuances to maybe be able to draw a free kick from this. And you don't want that to see come into the game as well because then we're going to take one step forward, two steps back. So it's going to get to the point yeah. where an umpire oh has to adjudicate whether the tackle was dangerous or whether the player <laughs> contributed to it and work out who's going to get the free kick and then the MRO will look at it differently and then the tribunal will look at it differently. It's uh, it's going to continue to be a hey, battle hey, until we find there's the no confu- But there's no confusion. <laughs> there's no confusion. That's fascinating. Come we could chat this. about it all day. Just on top of that, Matthew Cottrell has been offered a one-match suspension and that was a dangerous tackle. I think it was on Ben Long watching that one, Careless Conduct. He actually had him almost in a little mini headlock and drove his head into the ground. So that was absolutely a suspendable act. Hey, just some other footy news, Rue, because I reckon this is right in your wheelhouse. There's been some talk in the last 24 hours that the Essendon Football club are considering changing their logo because of the bomber the the the, uh, the plane due to political correctness what's your take what 
Repeat that, please. Well, the what bombers are looking They're at a new change logo. the logo. Yeah, it's out of date. The bomber, the aeroplane. What has what is going on back there? <laughs> I don't yeah, know. That, that's, I haven't followed this closely this, enough. That is that is if that is true. If, if, are, if, if they're doing it because of offended by the plane, I don't know. It's a plane, mate. <laughs> it's a plane. You know, we actually, you know, bombers. You know, we actually still have planes in our air force that fire missiles that we use to defend the country. Um, like if if that is true, well then. I'd love to. I'd love to hear the reasoning and who's driving that decision at the Essendon Football. It can't be true, Joey. I think they there was can't a, be that uh, woke. Well, I that think they're that they're going to. It's a plane, mate. I know. My kids walk around. My three-year-old's got a little toy fighter jet. Come on, bombers. We won't bang on about You're it. But I think that. the Essendon seven three sevens has a nice ring to it. But anyway, we'll save that for another day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, uh, the the Essendon A three eighties. There we go. That's a good one. Yeah, the, um, just some other oh, news. On. Dan McStay, after the after we heard about Clayton Oliver having an infection, a blister infection, and wasn't able to play, Dan McStay has also got an infection, so he won't return for the Pies just yet. The team I do want to talk to you about, really, uh, we've now got always been close to our heart, especially Richmond with with your cousin Jack. Is after the bye, they'll be getting Jacob Hopper back, and Tom Lynch might not be too far away. Andrew McWalter, three out of four now, going pretty nicely. He's going very well. He's going very, very well. I mean, he's inherited a, a, a pretty good group, it, it must be said. And they've, they were a little bit disjointed, really, in the, in the first half of the season, weren't they, with injuries. And they, they just couldn't sort of string that consistent form together. But this, this was what we thought was going to happen at the start of the year, I think, when they, when they went down the path that they did with the recruiting of Taranto and the recruiting of Hopper and um, the, the natural progression of some of the kids like Gibkiss and some of this. I think, I, I think we all thought that Essendon were going to pop a little bit again this year. And obviously the criticism came as they, they stacked up a few losses early, but not surprising really to see this happen. And, and how great for Andrew McWalter that he's been able to come in. And I think you talk about groups that get a spiritual lift when a when a caretaker coach comes in this wasn't like that this isn't that sort of situation because it's it's such a successful group such a successful coach he's done it on his own terms not because of any real negative situation or implication that he was involved in so yeah McWalter's getting getting these results on his on his own merit and on his own coaching ability so I think it puts him in a fantastic position to to win the job next year he's in the box seat and I tell you what if he doesn't get the job other clubs should be looking at it because he has the Richmond IP that you think about Craig McRae and Justin Lepich have now taken to Collingwood Adam Kingsley's doing the similar style of play at the GWS Giants and I think Andrew McWalter with that IP would be great at another club if it's not Richmond, but I'm with you. I think he's in the box seat. And gee, I just wonder, Rue, if there is that. Will last they run a process? That, uh, yeah, they will. Yeah, that's the way Richmond do it. They'll they'll yep. do it the proper way. And uh, and Andrew McWalter, yep. I'm sure he will be front and square in that. Hey, just lastly, what do you think of the four weeks of buys? Is it too many? Should we just be able to split it over two weeks and and do that way? Do you, or do you like the sort of spread out uh, over the four weeks? Well, no, it doesn't I don't. Really I don't you. like it. I don't. No, I don't really like it as a as a fan. It feels like a bit of a, a diluted product over over too long a period of time. So, I know there are numerous challenges with the fixture. It's you know we hear every year, and um, and I'm sure this is you know one thing that um, Andrew Dillon will be pleased to have off his plate is um, is the fixturing and just how difficult that is. 
uh, but it, it, it drags on for a little bit too long. And I think it compromises the. Uh, I think because there is there is a, a challenge to coming off a buy. I always found as a player, and um, you know you've got teams that might be able to stack up numerous weeks against teams coming off a buy. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like it. So I'd try and consolidate it as best we can. And to back that up, so far five of the six teams coming off the buy have lost in, in this season. Mm. For me, I think it would be great to have a weekend off. I think we could make it a community weekend where everyone goes back and supports community football. You could have your mid-season trade period on that in that week as well to still create plenty of buzz around the footy. And I'm even okay if we have one big marquee game, say Sydney Collingwood play in Sydney as a big marquee standalone game, something like that. But yeah, I think the four weeks is too long. Hey, we'll take a break, Rue, because we want to get into real talk, shit talk, and you've got to get to the baseball. If you do have a question for us, hit us up on Instagram or on TikTok. We'll be back straight after this. You're listening to Footy Talk. If you're listening on Apple, leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. Of course, tomorrow, Abby Holmes will be with David Zaharakis, who's becoming a big name now in the reality world. He is flying. Hey, Rui, time for Real Talk Shit Talk. I'm going to hit you up first. Toby Green, gone from unlikely club captain to being all-Australian captain by the end of this year. Real Talk Shit Talk. Oh, real in the mix at least uh, with with Darcy Moore, I think would be the would be the front runner given Collingwood's form. But yeah, he'd he'd absolutely be in, in the conversation. Um, great great appointment from Adam Kingsley to come in. I, I know there there would have been the temptation to to spread the load a little bit there and just try to develop your own opinion based on a on a, on a full body of work over the course of the year. But I mean, anyone that's watched watched the Giants closely over the last few years would know that. They uh, they lift they lift around Toby. Uh, he's been a been a great appointment as skipper. Uh, one for you, Joey. I was interested in uh, the Footy Talk Pod yesterday. Dale Thomas's comments around North Melbourne, and that he thinks they'll play finals as soon as next year. Real or shit? I'm going with real talk. I'm a bit with Daisy on this one. I think Ooh. when it clicks for North Melbourne, it'll come in a hurry. I think that their midfield and their forward half is actually really stacked with talent. I just think they've just got to get everything around the club, sort of just get it all together and get Clarko back. All they will need to do, and I'll put a preface on this, they need to sort out their defence. Their defence at the moment is killing them. I think Ben Mackay looks like he's probably going to leave. Aiden Kaur, Jack Zebel, not getting it done. If they can find a way to, to get a, a solid back line with their young, talented midfield and their forward half, I think it'll come pretty quickly. So I'm going to say real talk, Daisy. I didn't mind that one. Wow, hey, one from the, you, this came from... Great efforts to make finals without a back line. <laughs> yeah, I know. They're going to have to do some work there. But hey, another one. Cam Mooney suggests that Geelong can still make a run in September if they sneak in. Uh, yeah, that's real. That that's real. Uh, I think they've got enough weapons. There's enough potency within that lineup. You know, the the midfield's the concern for me. How deep they bat there, and how much the the reliance on Dangerfield and Duncan and and the senior senior core through that part of the ground. So if any of those guys go down, it'll be a stretch. But if they're fit and available then I still think they have enough. Um, and I rate Chris Scott so highly, his ability to pull rabbits out of the hat, that if they get there, oh, I wouldn't want to play him. Hey, one more, and this isn't a real talk. Well, it's not a real talk shit talk, but are you pulling on the boots this week? Are you making a comeback? 
That is real talk, Rui. The only way that I can make a comeback <laughs> to footy is to help uh, the, the Saints footy club and the Spuds game. Uh, so we are playing a little nine-on-nine uh, nine match right. curtain raiser before St Kilda Brisbane on Friday night. I'm going to have Cozzy. Our good mate on the show on Footy Talk Thursday to talk all about Spuds match and the importance the of big it fella. around around mental health. But that's the only way they could get me to pull the boots on, Rui. So I'm not sure my one-week fitness regime is going to be enough, but I've been into it. I went for a walk this morning. I went to the gym yesterday. Good for I'm you. I'm sort of hoping to lose four kilos and get fit in one week. I'll see how I yep. go. You're going to squeeze into the old shorts? Oh, I'm a bit nervous about that. But we're playing on Friday night, so it's <laughs> going to be good fun. There's some big celebrities in that. I think I've got Archie Thompson covered anyway, so that's going to be... A good start. Yeah, oh, I don't know. He's pretty speedy. Hey, the, open, um, the amount, the over/under on the amount of kickouts that you take is seven. <laughs> well, That's I, the line. I'm more worried about the dangerous tackle I'm going to plan on BJ, who's playing for the other team, and how many weeks suspension I get. <laughs> but we'll save that for another It'll day. Be hey, worth it. You've got to go. You've got to go and sit in the box with the owners of the Houston yeah, Astros. What about right your life? Have a good week. Uh, nice to speak to, you, and we'll do it all again next week. But tomorrow, Abby Holmes with David Zaharakis. Listener.